We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast Blue Wire. Man, we're gonna have a good one today. Billy Marshall is off, taking a little breather for the bye week, but uh tell you who we got here. It's Stanley McClover, our good friend Lucci. He's back on the show and he's here to talk Panthers, talk defensive in play, talk about this defense for Carolina, a little bit of fire burns talk, I'm sure, and what's going on in your world. Uh hey Stan, what the hell, man? How you been? Let's get hype, baby. <laughs> that's, that's my man. <laughs> there he is. I can't be better. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a blessing to be here. You know, living in these times, man, it's rough. So anytime I can talk football, man, with my good brother John, man, it's, it's a win for me. Well, you know, you we reach out a lot, uh, you and I, when, when things kind of go north or south with this team, whether it's <laughs> they, they brought back Newton that day, you, you reached out right away, and we we had a nice conversation about the dynamics there, and then, you know, when things weren't going so well, we had some thoughts on that, and I'm sure we'll right. we'll share some high-level thoughts. And, you know, just full disclosure, folks out there, this is how we roll, okay? Stan and I are good friends. We've been friends for a long time, and I'm not going to put him in a position to be uncomfortable with anything he has to say, and that's fair. But it's your agenda, anything you want to talk about. Uh, something else I want to get to, though, is talking about the dynamics of sort of going through what they're going through right now in terms of coaching changes just so much to get to here, but let's start off with your brother, Brian Burns. Look, I know we're going to talk about 53 during the course of this show. Uh, he is coming into his own so much so that he's five and a half sacks away now, Luch, from breaking the team record. And that was like a mind-blowing moment for me because you played that position. And, dude, you were around Peppers. You were around that dog, Mike Rucker. We've talked about oh, him. Yeah. How, how, I mean, that's to me, and I, I texted him and he kind of gave me a wink and a nod back, like, uh huh, I'm on that. 
how important is it not only for him to keep winning, and that's the number one goal, but obviously you know, get the double-digit sacks against Russell Wilson. Man, that felt good. Man, listen, John, man, you've been, you been here. I would say you and maybe 90% of my Twitter following, y'all been with me from the beginning yep. of this journey. Yep. And nobody, nobody is hot watching Brian Byrne harder than Stanley McClough. I can promise you that. Yeah, that's just the damn you know, truth. I watch every single move he make. Is it is? It's something about us what we got going on between us is just brothers. Yeah. And playing the same, playing the same position, and being so in love with that that position, man. It's almost just like second nature. A lot of things that he's doing now that we don't worked on so long ago, and you just see all of it starting to unravel right in front of your eyes and it's, it's crazy it's so crazy to me and, and and to see that a record like that is just so close to him we are having five games left and he's already got to his goal of well not a goal but that is one that one short-term yeah. goal was to get to, <laughs> ten, to the double digit one, one of many goals i'm sure yeah i mean we have so many goals man he is yeah list is so long that he got to check off so it's not like He's nowhere near where he needs, where he wants to be. So, but just to see the progression, to see him getting better like this, man, it's it's, it's nothing but a blessing, man. I, I love it. And for me being around Julius Peppers and Mike Ruckers, Al Wallace, Chris Jenkins, I mean, I was oh I was with the dogs, man. Yeah, I mean, look, look. To actually, see him doing what he's doing, man. It's just I never seen nothing like it, and I and I played with Pep. You know, I played with these guys. I just never seen nothing like a Brian Burns. I know it sounds crazy because that's my brother, but at the end of the day, I just I, I haven't seen a player like that that has no ceiling. He can just continue to get better and better and better and yeah. better and better. Well, and you've been fair too. Like we talk at times, and we, you and I do this privately because that's the way you do this kind of thing. You're not going to get on a show and say, uh, "What are some specific things we can talk about in terms of his toolbox to get better?" But like in general. We've seen the progression. We saw where it started with 19, where he's, you know, like Barno is now playing a little gunner, getting a little flavor for everything, and yep. then they work yep. him in. He dealt with injuries, too. He had the wrist injury early on. Mm-hmm. And, and, but what, what I'm noticing more and more from Brian, and this is the conversation came up on this podcast, and Billy and I both, we're, we're businessmen, too. We wanted to look at this thing from a full scale and say, hey, to me, it was an indicator of the value Brian brings, not only to the team here, but other teams have them on that radar, like, look, Here's a few first-rounders in play for 53. That's the ultimate compliment. By the way, Stan, as you know, that ain't going to help. That ain't going to hurt anybody in the contract negotiation. Right. So right. get paid. Uh, but here's the thing. He has come so far in terms of the complete package. And I'm not talking about the pass rush toolbox. That's come along. You know, speed to power. Mm-hmm. The spin move's been there since day one. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, what have you seen in the run game? I mean, and that's something that people on a very lazy perspective say right. he's light, mm-hmm. he gets pushed around. He ain't that light. It is <laughs> it's not he like really, that. He really gets pushed around. And and he's getting you no know, Matt see, Matt Bo, Matt. Thing, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sometimes people will catch me going back and forth with people on Twitter and hey, I do it's fun for me. It's I, it'll never be <laughs> One guy got you. One guy got you the other day. It's like, shut up about your brother, and you just did the <laughs> laughing about. I just had, I had to laugh at that one. I was like, all right, bud. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> but we have to keep in mind, man. The, yeah. the game of the, the football game is very physical, and this is a very, uh, it's a marathon. It's not a race. Yeah, and you don't come in the game being perfect. No, nobody's perfect. So yes, do do we make plays? 
What, do, we, do we miss plays sometimes or do we fit the wrong gap sometimes? Of course, all players do. But when we look at him and we see him actually make the plays that he needs to make, and you see those flashes, how quick he get in that backfield. God, that's, that's just, it just gives you flashes and shows you a little glimpse in the future when he gets old enough and mature enough at that age where he's, where it's, it's almost automatic. Those yeah. type of plays. He's still a young guy. He's 24 years old. That's the thing. And, you know, and, and, and that's very hard for people to wrap their mind around, even with a, like a Michael Parsons or, or any of these young guys that's playing at a high level. These guys don't even really know what they're doing all these the way. These are, you know, like Parsons to me. I talked to Eugene Robinson uh, back. At, we did a little thing on NBC Charlotte with Nick, and we did a mock kind of draft scenario where I'm playing. Scott Fitter, he's Matt Rule. I'm fortunately still employed. <laughs> the other guy didn't make it through. Anyway, Eugene was adamant. This is before Parsons was considered to be like anything other than a stack backer. He was saying, mm-hmm. dude, he's LT. He's got those qualities. And I'm like, man, I don't see it. But Gene was mm-hmm. right. And you get more and more of these guys in the league now. And like credit to Dan Quinn in that situation for like getting him out there and playing him in yeah. that joker spot it, and letting him rip off the edge. That's, that's another thing. Another big thing that I want to touch on without showing no disrespect to former coaches or anything like that. No. But you when you do have weapons, you guys like Brian, guys like Michael, guys like um let's say like a uh I'm gonna just use those two guys right yeah, now. Cause yeah, it's sure. not a it's not a lot of guys like those two. When you have guys you 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 call those guys weapons. Yep. And you use your weapons any way you can in, in war. You don't hold your weapons in war. You come with your weapons every time you can. Yes. So when you when you have a guy like those guys, you move them from different locations. You never have them stagnant in one place. You always yeah, move them around. You don't let the opposite team game plan them. When you know that's the deal, then you move them around. Just like you do defense. You disguise blitzes. You, you, you bluff sometimes, then you come. Yeah. All those things are needed when you have a weapon. Well, and now those guys that can get to the quarterback in like 1.5 seconds. That's I mean, that's yeah, that's and you know, Marcus Haynes is one of my favorite low key guys. I mean, he's mm-hmm. Marcus doesn't play a lot, but when he gets in the game, and this is where I love seeing this line develop. It, it reminds me of the kind of shades of where you were in that rotation. You know, you'd come in and, and spell Ruck or Pep, and then they come mm-hmm. back in and fresh. They were mm-hmm. they were eight deep. They like what Buffalo has now, and I think Carolina's getting to the point. Haynes gets in there in a hurry, and I, I want to say this. You know, your point about coaches, you know, we're not here to bash Matt or Phil or these guys. Hey, go somewhere else if you want to find details on what players think about certain people. I'm not going to ask on your behalf to tell me what Brian thinks. I'm just getting your mm-hmm. perspective. But I will say this. Like, I watched the tape against Denver. I was at that game. I, I could see from, like, 12 rows up, and they mm-hmm. ran that boss front, and they're you know going, you know, all bigs on that Sam side. And they mm-hmm. just loop, and there's a free access lane for Lavu because Derek Brown, who, by the way, God damn, I oh mean, my God, you know, grown ass man, you got you got your Jenkins, That's a grown ass man, you got Jenkins and Peppers now, or at least oh. Jenkins and Rucker, however you want to compare them. How you want to say it? John? And you know what? Here's the thing: on that boss front where they ran it, fifty three wasn't on the field. Right, and so that's a good sign that you know you can take Brian and and keep him fresh. I, I know. By the way, just full disclosure, being at that game, I saw him come off, throw his helmet, and like I told my son, I said, "Shit!" <laughs> and then he's coming back in, 
And and what I know is from 53, and I'm not kissing his ass here. Man. Brian knows that. If I, if I don't like something I see from Brian, I'll right. tell him and so will you. But to come back so- out, he is, he is the Cam Newton equivalent on the defense in terms of that energy. Nobody has that right now on the offensive side. Man, he, hey, he he's, the no he's the heartbeat. He's the heartbeat. Not just because he's my brother, because there's a lot of tough guys on our team, but you got to look at the durability, man. You got to look at the toughness. Yeah. This, this is arguably one of the best defensive ends in the NFL, and he never misses a game. No, he never comes right. off the field, even if he's hurt. I mean, we watch week in and week out these tight ends with these Oh, I hate this chip. I, I really despise this block. <laughs> I really, I really hate that they. they I mean, they, they tried. Was, they've been it, doing this since the beginning. And they, of the time. And they, hey, they try it with Brian. They try to peel back on those play actions, and it, it never fucking works. <laughs> and, and and it's so ridiculous, man. It's yeah. like, but anyway. So when when those things happen like that, that's when you got to realize these are real. These guys, these football players, these absolutely wonderful athletes. Oh, yeah. Jesus, they're still humans. They yeah, still I mean, have, they still feel bones, bruised, all that, and they push through that and keep playing. So that's to me, that's another big thing about. I think the mm-hmm. fans love about him, yeah. man. He he gonna provide that energy. So, he's gonna be out there if he so can what, play, even if he's hurt. Yeah, on you know, one leg, he's going to play. He's never gonna say I'm not gonna play. And, and if he's physically able to go out there on that field, he's gonna go. And I made the point I about, I, and I respect it too. And this is where championship teams eventually find themselves in in situations. And you've been on rosters with, with championship level players, and you were in playoff races, and you've seen that level of competition. What you get is a locker room that binds itself together. And it's not like the coach doesn't have to do that. But one thing Coach Rule talked about on the way out, and it irked a lot of people, and it sort of pissed me off. But I don't know Matt, so I'm not going to ask you to speak on Brian's behalf for sure. But Here's the point I'll make. He says over and over, well, at least I didn't lose the locker room. What I heard is, look, Matt was a nice guy. They liked him personally. But there's a different command when you get like a Steve Wilkes in front of you talking shop, talking business. And I think like from Brian's perspective, I I think what he's been able to show throughout this, it's a testament to him and Shaq and Derek and Jeremy and those guys that that locker room didn't fall apart because they're out there. 38, 40 minutes a game dealing with this revolving door quarterbacks, and you hadn't heard one person complain about it. And I yes, give I, I give the players the credit. No matter if it's Fox would do that, Rivera would do that, Capers would do that, they'd be the ones saying, no, it's you guys. It ain't me. You guys are the one mm-hmm. bonding this together. So that's the college that's versus – pro- that's great just my point. perspective. And I think – let me ask you this. Like, if you're Scott Fitter, I saw you gave Fitty a shout-out, and people are telling mm-hmm. me, hey, get the scoop. Here, folks, here's the scoop. There's no scope. Ain't nothing happening yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and if you find out, it ain't going to be from me unless Lucci wants it or unless Brian calls up. But here's the thing. I, I think a deal gets done. I ultimately think they, they value his ability to be a, a guy that's under 25 years old. And you know how that edge position is. They age like oh, fine man. wine in this league. But let me, let me ask you this. You can't speak for the team. You can't speak for Brian. But if you had to guess, and you're looking at it from Scott's perspective, because he was probably the one spearheading that decision to not trade him, mm-hmm. what did they see in Brian that was worth not diving into that first round bonanza? I'll let you answer that. Just from a from a very fair perspective in terms of what he brings to the table, help our listeners understand the value in that position. Um, just like you said, it's the second most valuable. Uh, position on the field. I mean, you got a quarterback, 
then you got to DN. You have to have somebody to stop this quarterback. We we lived through the years in Carolina to where the pass rush not there and people can go up and down the field on us. I yeah. mean, it's, yes, it's, it shows all the time. A pass rush is very, very, very valuable. But now when we speak about Brian Burns, we speak about a young a young pass rush. Yep. People got to keep that in mind, everybody. Family, I call my family. Let's keep this in mind. This guy is 24 years old. He stepped in the league at 20. So he's he's very young. Damn. It, it, it has to be accounted for because even in the league, you have to grow. You have to mature even in the league. Not just in life, but you got to do that in the, in the NFL. Luch, as well. what, did, what, did he, to, what did he struggle with the most? What did he I, have, I would what, say what did he have coming in, sleep, you know, yeah. going to bed at two, three o'clock in the morning, playing a video game. He's still a kid. Yeah. You know, when he first got in the league, he's not knowing uh, how, how much work you got to put in as far as off the field, not just what coach tell you to do. Then you got to go off the field and put in more work. Then you got to watch film after film after film after film. Yeah. It's a lot. So yeah. when you first coming in, this thing coming at you so fast, so it's a growth process. So I believe that Scotty – Scotty, Scotty fit what I call him. <laughs> he got a good eye for talent, man. If you look at what he did in, in, in Seattle, yeah. he did his thing. So yeah. when he when he see talent, Brian is a, a tall, long, very long, very fast, very uh, flexible. And let's just talk about this off the field, nothing. Not a damn thing. No character well, flaw. And uh, these the, the little moments in games where – He's on the sidelines, helmet off, and this is after the strip sack, I think, where, you, first of all, a great celebration, by the way. I, you know, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Unlimited. Uh, he comes over to the sidelines, and he's like playing the air guitar, and he's out there you know, smiling, and he understands, I think, not only the fact that, you know, look, I've got to be me, I've got to play like me, but he gets the fact that the fans have gone through this and you've tried too. We've all tried, you know, from my seat to kind of keep fans interested in this operation, but it is what it is. When you're losing, it's hard. He understands that, look, the production on the field is what's going to matter, but engaging with the fans and having sort of that extra little gear there. He, he reminds me so much of like Vaughn in his game, but he's got that rucker. He just, he's got a rucker mentality to him. I mean, he's got your mentality too, but like Peppers, he was kind of. Peppers would speak up when he had to. He was like E.F. Hutton, you know. You, he speaks you listen. This is a blessing, but, John. This is why I love talking to you because we can go back in we can go back in time and then we can fast forward it to now because it's so it's so relevant. You got to remember, I studied under Julius Peppers and, and Mike Rucker. Yep. I'm an understudy of those guys. Yep. I was I was the DN there before Charles Johnson got there. It was really just me. I was the youngest one there a year before Charles got there. So it was like. They all took me up under their wing and just teach me different things. But me being a DN, I gravitated more to Pep because I wanted to be like Pep. I mm-hmm. wanted to play like Pep. I, I, I idolized everything about his game. I loved his game. Yep. But then I loved what I loved about Ruck. Ruck was a dog. <laughs> you a, told me. He going to talk it. He going <laughs> to voice how he feel. He going to be a vocal leader. Yeah. He a, he's a man's man. He's a back alley, baby. Like if, you, if you're in a back alley, Ruck's your guy, right? Ruck and you taking Ruck. Yeah, of course you want to take Pep because Pep is like a giant. But if you really if you really somewhere where you want, you need somebody to maybe intimidate somebody, oh, hell. you better take Mike Ruck with you because he going to do that. So Ruck, 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 got a bit of, yeah, he got Ruck. a little bit of all that in, in he's, him. He's he got, got a little bit of everybody. Now, in let him. me ask you this. Now, did he was he spent time around you, obviously, I'm sure, when when he was young, and we've seen the stories. Mm-hmm. 
like to me, do you do you think he picks up on those influences? Do you think I mean all players kind of like, you know, even I was like a golfer, I was back in the day trying to emulate certain swings. Mm-hmm. Are there certain moves he would do? Would you guys look at tape of certain players and certain I'm attitudes? Gonna be honest with you, John, I'm gonna be real. Or was it just you. a natural raw kind Brian of thing? Love, he loves a lot of people game, but honestly, what he does is, is really his thing because it, yeah. it's, it's his body type. Yep. You know, it, it, it fits him. Like I've never seen nobody's ankle being to the way Brian's ankles can it's be. Little things like that that are crazy. Like, like, like the he, small things, John. Yeah. That's what closes. That's why I get to the quarterback so fast. Absolutely, it's not the speed so so much as if you look at it, if you pay small attention to how his ankles is just them that touch the ground. It's sometimes. like I'm double like, jointed, man. It's like I don't understand that. <laughs> I just don't. And you're his brother. And I don't understand <laughs> how you you six five and you and you getting under people's. Arms, I, I don't understand. Yeah, it. You know so what? Those, and this is those fit. things I can't explain. Scotty, that. Scotty, just, Scotty Fit, as you call him, and I'm not going to call him that because <laughs> get laughed at. But Scott, you know, being in Seattle for so long and just knowing schematics a little bit, they they run that 43 package where you're a little bit under and you've got that Leo spot. And then Irvin ran that for a long time there. And I'm not saying they're the same guy, but you know, Bruce had some traits, kind of like Brian, in terms of size, weight speed but brian's got a different type of you know element to him in that and this goes back to like phil snow and again i'm not going to ask you to get into details about snow versus al holcomb but i know we love al so that's a you know we're big the 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 lucci and john show we're big fans of al holcomb we've been and you know what (laughs) we've loved Al for a long time he goes back (laughs) um but like phil would would do some interesting things it was like and i talked to a scout that worked with the team for a while and it was like Johnny, it wasn't that it was bad with Phil. It was that they liked him and they were they played hard for him, but it was different because a lot of it was kind of, you know, that that mint tight stuff and it was college mm-hmm. concepts and it wasn't really like wide nine, let's go, let's just get right, Brian out right, there wide. Right. Was that frustrating for you? And could you say it was frustrating for him at times? Uh, not vocally, but you think from your perspective as like his brother, but also a guy that's trained him, were you yeah. wanting to see a little less like 13, yeah, he played was, 13 snaps? 13 covered snaps. Like, real frustrating for me. I bet. Uh, being, being his brother and part coach, uh, part trainer, is very frust- it was very frustrating. But then again, I, I, I'm a I'm a retired athlete, so I understand uh, when you're in a when you're in a, a a defensive scheme, you don't have control. Nope. It's what they call you have to do it, or you won't be out there. Yeah. So and he did they, it. Let's just use this for instance because I see the fans talk about it a lot. When when Brian have to drop right, yeah. If you gotta know this, John, if he had an opportunity to have a a choice, <laughs> and whether he wanted to drop yeah. or rush the passer, he's going to rush the passer one hundred percent of the time. It's not a choice. It's, it's, it's not a choice. It's a so when he hears when he, when he hears that defensive play being called where he has to drop, <laughs> now you got to drop. So yeah. what my job as a brother and as a coach is to let him look at the positives in that. Okay, yeah, you got to drop and not get a chance to rush the pass. But look, now you get a chance to make a play in the in the passing game. Well, he he get a look, chance to get a pick quickly. Look the, how many times we've seen Julius Peppers get a pick and take uh, it to the house. Damn right, was, you you stole my thunder because Peppers the zone dog stuff that Fox. Oh ran my god! And I'm sure you practice that stuff too. That was beautiful. And they in the playoffs, this, John, dude, Pep didn't want to drop. They but brought, he changed it. He, he developed the attitude to where he said, "Okay, if you're gonna drop me, then I'm gonna do something." 
I'm going to pick this ball and, and off you know if you're going to drop me. You had kids on Madden back then doing it. You yeah, like They would see it, and they would do zone dog, and they drop Pep into coverage because they saw him getting those, those picks every year. And it's like, all right, Peppers is like a weapon. And that's what it affords a guy like Brian to be to the point where we go back to that Rams game, the first game after Rudolph was like, Oh, man, great play on Cooper Cup. Yes, thank you. That stuff don't get enough credit, Well, it doesn't, and that's the thing. You see it, and it flashes. And, you know, Dante's a baller now, and I I hate that he's out, but, like, that's complimentary team football when you can play that – you can play that – I don't know if it was a zone dog. I don't know if it was just a straight drop. I got to go back and look. But, obviously, it it impacted the play to the point where Dante – had a, had a free one and free access after that, and that's as valuable as a sack, if not more so. Oh, it man. doesn't go on the stat sheet. But when you do your full analysis, I know there's analytics out there that look at like double teams and win rate and all that. The film is king, and and I'm telling you right that people that work in that building and every building, including the ones that offered more, multiple first rounders, reportedly, <laughs> they're looking at tape. They're not looking at PFF grades. No they disrespect. See what I seen, John, when I was crying on draft night. When nobody understood, well, I was crying like a like a baby because y'all y'all don't y'all didn't nobody understood what I understood from training them. It was like the the way he was picking up, the way he pick up things is so fast, John. You would be amazed. He, yeah, that's one of the you, traits. You, yeah. I, I'm telling you, he's he's a special guy. He's a special guy. I mean, and, and I laugh at it when people get tired of me praising him so much. But at the end of the day. If you take a little time to just look at him on film <laughs> and dive into his, his career, you'll see just Stan, how good. You'll see why people so excited about it. Look, if you're if, if he was some slapdick <laughs> that was like barely hanging on, it would still be okay to do that for your brother. Right. Uh, he he's a premier edge rusher in the NFC, one of the best in the league right now. People get caught up in these rankings. Look, they're all very good in their own right, and they're asked to do different things within their structures. Different, and, exactly. Different defensive schemes. Yes. And you got to think about the offenses. Some guys, they play on teams where the offense score a lot of points. That's it. So yeah. That's, I mean, all that stuff plays a part into getting these stats and sacks and all this. But I think the biggest thing for any player on our defense, not just Brian, or any player on our team, when you see a player go out there and you, he give you his 100% effort and everything like that, that's something that you can get behind as championship football. The yeah, uh, foreman, you got Chuba. I mean, these these guys. Uh, uh, um, Sam Donald. He had a great game last week. Played good. This man played. He played good game. Yep. I mean, we needed that. So at the end of the day, we got a lot of guys. Frankie Louvu. Oh they, my they god. Giving you yeah, we didn't get I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm letting the fan base know right now. These guys are giving you guys everything they have. Well, Not I mean, only they playing yeah, for their, their own self and their integrity, but they want they want this winning. They want this thing to come back. Well, and we still very much alive in the division. So why why give up? Well, that's the thing. It, it becomes a punching bag type of thing. And and look, we we try mm-hmm. to stay in reality, but the reality is this: we've seen this before, and we've seen it when Steve Wilkes was on that staff. They were three eight and one in a very similar landscape in that division. And the schedule down the stretch wasn't that bad. And everybody else in the division was taking a hot shit. And it was time to step it up. So somebody's going to emerge here. It's going to be either Tampa, Atlanta. I think Carolina's still very much in play. New Orleans, to me, I don't know what to make of their quarterback situation. But here's the thing. No matter if they make the playoffs or not, and this is where folks, you know, just absolutely piss me off. Because, look, have your own opinion. Fan how you want to fan. But don't call me out for saying, hey, 
there is value whether you're one in twelve or whether you're eight and seven. If you're not making the playoffs, you look back at the best seasons this team has had. There have been carryover type of wins late in the season that identified your program as okay. We can do this. We can put a stamp. And it was it was vitally important for Coach Wilkes to come in. To, uh, to look at like a Robbie Anderson situation, look, agree or disagree, go, please. I can't deal with this. I, 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 it's got to stop. We just, and can we just take a minute to just applaud Wilkes right now, man? Oh, he's an absolute. Applaud yeah. Wilkes, man. Done a, a hell of a job, man. Hell of a job. Well, and people, a, and not, yeah. not taking nothing away from Matt Rule. No, it's not doing nothing that. nothing but show me love and respect That's a good as a hype yeah. man, as a brother. Yep. I mean, anytime I come around, I come in the locker room, it's always love with Matt Rude. Always. Yeah. But but a guy like Wilkes, that's a man's man. No, Wilkes is look, Matt, I mean, Matt. You Matt, can feel yeah. it. Everybody knows it. It's a different it's, not, it's you a don't even different, have to say it. It's, it's a different it's a, vibe. That's a man right there. When he's been he's there. Gonna he's gonna demand respect and he's gonna demand that you go out there and you give me one hundred percent. Ain't nobody tanking, ain't nobody giving up. I, y'all, y'all still being evaluated, so you carry your ass out there and you play hard, yeah. still. And guess what? We got a young team, John. So an older guy like that, that they look at as a father figure, as a role model, they're gonna what? They're gonna listen. Yeah. And that's just what it is. It's yeah, not. I, it's not rocket science. Look, it, I, I it's, thought it's really a leader of men. I Can the, you be a leader of men? You got to be. And I thought the, the move was done at the right time on Matt because he gets to go to Nebraska and do his thing. He's, yep. been, he's been talking a lot lately. Look, we're going to leave that at that because I've got opinions yeah, we're gonna on We're going to leave that at that, John. I got, I, I, I got we, we, we're better, he better. Yeah, so and that's the thing. Right. That's the thing. You know, I've got opinions on what he's been saying since then. But all I'll mm-hmm. say is this, is that at the, at the end of it, it's about players. It's not about the coaches. It's not about – you know, the messaging and the press, co- it's about the men in the locker room and how they respond to what's ahead of them next. And this defense has continued to do that through coaching changes, through injuries, mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, turmoil here and there. No quarterback, the, the rotation. all kind of stuff, man. And, and so, Being look. I, all day long. I, I, I you know, don't. Look at the Ravens game. Look at I, that. No, no disrespect to Baker. I love Baker. I, I'm not hating on nobody. I don't. I don't say nothing bad about nobody. As far as that, but what I will say is, we couldn't. We couldn't trade points that game. We couldn't score. No. So if 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 we could have generated a little bit more offense that game, like we did last game, yeah, that game would have ended differently. Because yeah, the there's, defense, there's they, a, there's they, a lot playing of great ball right now. They are, and and that's the thing. So you you turn the page and you move on, and now you've got a new opportunity with Wilkes and he's got some good staffers there now that were brought in by a collection of people. I would assume it's not just all mad. You've got, you know, fitter involved in, in part of that. And I, I'm sure, look, James Campen has been great for that offensive line. Talk about that for a minute, because now you get a chance to oh, sharpen, man. you sharpen iron on iron. And this is what I told people about five weeks ago. I said, be careful about tanking and, and looking too far ahead because you've got about a four year window right now to take advantage of what you now can look and see are two good trenches. They've been mm. waiting a long time for that. You get your quarterback sure. at some point, and you look, you see like Taylor Heineke with Ron right now. They're mm-hmm. winning. They're it, winning. It, it, I think to, to, to Matt's credit, he did some good things here, but at the end of the day, I do think with Wilkes, what you're getting is more consistency. You're not getting like an all-over-the-map approach where, look, in college, it's one way. You know that. 
You can approach mm-hmm. your guys a certain way, and you can run certain concepts. In this league, you have to be a grizzled veteran who understands how the pro game works, how the flow of the game works, and you have to have a feel for it. Wilkes is that guy. He's been a head coach. He deserved more than one year. We know that. And that'll right. get settled wherever it gets settled. But here's the thing. I'd say you you ride this out and you evaluate him week to week. And if this team continues to play the way they have in the last four or five games, here's something they haven't done under Rule or even late when Rivera was around, win in the division. And now they're 3-1 and one in the division. I know it's down, but they're winning at home. They're winning in the division. They're winning against high-level guys like Wilson. I know Wilson's having a bad year, but he's still a big name. That's right. a big time, like okay, moment for you know your brother to get a couple sacks on a Hall of mm-hmm. Fame type of guy, mm-hmm. and, and to me, it's like why not give Steve a really fair shot to keep Al right beside him, mm-hmm. keep the continuity, yep. and then if you want to change your offensive coordinator, I don't know about Ben or not, but maybe that works, maybe not. Maybe you combine that with a move to get a quarterback in the draft, and then you start to build from there and do what Ron Rivera did in 11. You got your rookie quarterback. You got your new OC. You know you got your defense on on, on pilot because you're the D.C. in effect because you're a defensive guy just like Ron was, and Ron had his guy with McDermott. And I see a lot of parallels here to what they can do if they choose it. It just comes down to what the owner thinks, and that's, that's, that's a tough decision. But let's, let's do this real quick. Because I know we're we're got you know you've got things to do I got things to do and and we been scrambling for like ever. What's yeah? We gotta like, keep this up though, John. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do more of it. Up. We gotta do more of it because like honestly, this is impromptu and we had to throw this together and we need to like do a, a, a like a a series of these throughout the mm-hmm. year where we chronicle like real film and real tape. For sure. Um, anything you got on your chest? I mean, look, it's been a while. I mean. What? Where do you see this franchise right now? I know it's been tough, and I know. Look, you can only say so much, but but I'm not even you know caping for the franchise here. I can be very realistic and very negative, and I have been. But for for the first time in a while, I think it's coming along the way it should because they they moved on from the old coach at the right time. They gave him a chance to go get somewhere else and then rebate his salary. They got mm-hmm. Wilkes, and that, I believe that might have been the owner hiring him or Scott. I don't know if that was Matt, but that was done with this in mind. I, I guarantee you it was that, mm-hmm. hey, if, if and when we need to pull the plug, that's our guy to step in. And that's not a Rooney rule thing. That is a legitimate, hey, this guy's coached. But let me just ask you this, I guess. To have that guy who understands the culture, it's been frustrating for me because for two or three years at one Panther place, I have tried to be the guy because I know Matt wanted to do his own thing, and I respect that. But somebody had to keep people apprised of, like, the memories, like the 0-3 blocked field goals, like right. Pe- Peppers with the run back against Denver for the interception. Right. The, the, those things get lost. They keep pounding Sam Mills. Mm-hmm. Steve came in in his first presser, Stan, and he said, look, I was here when it was good, and I remember it, and I, I'm not here to tank and screw around, and I, I love that. So to you, that, I mean, that's my point, man. Yeah, that's my whole point. That, he's got to be in consideration for this, if, if for no other reason that he's been a head coach, he's winning games right now, mm-hmm. and he gets the culture of this, and it means something to him. He's not from another town or another state. He's from the damn. He went to college Home a grown. mile away from the damn stadium. Homegrown. Yeah, and I mean another reason why. I shouted out Scotty Fit, man, because you got to remember, uh, a couple years ago, we had the worst O-line in, in the league. Now we got one of the top best. 
So you got to look at stuff like that. He's making small moves and he's doing his thing. And I and I appreciate the the the, the style that he's bringing to our team. But um, far as Wilkes man is concerned, he got my vote. I, I would love to see him as our head coach. I love what he stands for. I feel like he's a man's man. I feel like when he speaks, he gets respect and he demands it. And I feel like he give it as well. And, and, and it's not hard to see, like I said, it's not rocket science. You don't go looking for, as you can see, the resumes don't mean nothing nowadays. So yeah. you don't go looking for all this glitz and glam on somebody's resume. It's really the person. Can, yeah. can, can this person be a leader of men? And when I say men, rich men, strong <laughs> ego men, men that's the best and they from they from wherever they from they the best that ever did it not four star recruits from you got to remember these yeah. things but these these guys are not easy to deal with Stanley was it was it hard on Matt because that transition from I mean this is not knock on him but let's just mean was, yeah, John. I mean, you were around. I mean, look, that that had to be you tough because he's he's making them he's making them run gassers after they celebrate. That that shit doesn't fly, man. I'm not trying to be mean to Matt, but dude, I, there you go. Okay, there's a laugh. It's shit. I'm just, I'm just being it honest. Dude, like, it doesn't I'm fly. It, it doesn't. Fox, right? Uh, Foxwood. Yeah, come on. That's a man's man, John. Well, he respects his guys, and they He's like that. Respect that guy, and he was a player's coach. I mean, we will run through a brick wall for John, right? Because he was fair. But he was a man, though. You yeah. know, he, he, it wasn't. It didn't seem like he was. We, he was on our level. You know what I'm saying? Like we was. We can get on his level. We never felt that way. It always felt like this is the coach. I'm the player. So it, it didn't feel right. College it, man. Yeah. It did. When, you, know, you had, you had that's run. That's a tough transition. Well, John, that, and that's the thing. It's, it's not. We're not. We're not dicking around with Matt Rule here. He's he's going to go. He's making a lot of money. He's fine. Don't worry. He he ain't. Oh, yeah, he's 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 making more money than we'll ever make. So here's, that. so here's the thing. Yeah, he's he's custom made for that type of environment, and I'm sure he'll go there and compete, and it'll be fine. But, yeah, you know, even yeah, he said the other day, good. he said he probably shouldn't have taken the job, and I thought that was interesting, but people spin that a certain way. Here's my thought. When he first came in, and, you know, you can't revise history, but you can reflect. When you're coming off, you know, a, a tenure with Ron Rivera, who, by the way, he won a ring as a player. He was a linebacker for the Bears in that championship season. He was a defensive coordinator for the Bears in a Super Bowl. He was a defensive coordinator of the playoffs for the Chargers. And obviously, he, he's been around the block. He commanded a certain amount of respect. Now, it wasn't easy for Ron early on. Remember, there were some close calls. But the one thing Ron, Ron and John's teams both had in those first year or two, the year two for Foxy was the Super Bowl year, but year one, they strung together meaningful games after, what did John Madden say? After Thanksgiving. When it really counts, and he, like 2012 at home against Atlanta, the one seed, they mm-hmm. come in swagging, talking shit. Greg mm-hmm. Hardy and Charles Johnson and company, they 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 bust him in the mouth, and Thomas Davis yep. bust him in the mouth, and that's yes, a, that win means something because then you know moving forward a precedent has been set that okay we're here we've arrived don't fuck mm-hmm. with us back in 02. Yes, Carolina sir. Carolina lost eight straight that year, eight in a row. And it was like, oh, do we hire some chump? What the hell is this? They yeah. went into Cleveland in December, first week of December, a playoff team. Emmanuel McDaniel picked off a pass and won the game against that team on the road. A damn good team. They yeah. strained together more wins. At the end of the year, in New Orleans, all New Orleans has to do is beat Rodney Pete and the Panthers, who are scoring about 11 points a game. And that mm-hmm. defense with Peppers, well, Peppers wasn't playing, he was suspended. Rucker, Jenkins. Uh, I think Al came in that season as well. You've got Buckner in there. Just absolute men who are like, fuck this. 
and, yeah. and, and they, they, to a man will tell you, and even like Rosinski and the guys that work for the team were like, yeah, that meant something because they went in and the last play of the game picked him off, Aaron Brooks, and it was a sideline boundary throw to uh, Terry Cousins. And it, it was just like, okay, that means something because, okay, next year, New Orleans, remember that. Next year, remember that we came in, shut your season down, and now yep. we have that swagger and that confidence. When Rule came in, it was an experiment. It was a college coach. His messaging was very weird. It wasn't consistent yep. with what the traditions had been here with, like, keep pounding. And I think a lot of people were put off by that, but a lot of people weren't in the building, and I certainly wasn't. All I can say is this. When they put Wilkes in that seat, and his mm-hmm. first order of business when they come back home after a loss on the road is to hang a three-burger on Tom Brady Okay, we we have advanced. That's an improvement. That's all I say. Improvement, no matter how you slice. That it. was a fucking statement. That's a fucking statement, bro. Yeah, I mean, period. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in the state of, of 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 Carolina felt that. Yep. Energy was back. You, you, I mean, you do that. You hold Tom Brady to three points. I don't care what year it is. I mean, that, it don't matter the year. It don't matter his yeah. year. That you guy, hold Tom Brady to three points. You are yeah. back in your house. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, like I said, these last games have been some very, very, very competitive games, man. Most games, all, the Atlanta game. Hey, what's oh the, my god? The Atlanta we game. Ain't seen no football like that. I mean, that, Stanley, that game to me, and I know the defense. You don't want to give up that many, but there were it, there were great moments for the defense it was too. A great game. It was a great game. Like I was watching it here in the studios up at iHeartRadio, and I was like. For the first time since like 2018, my blood was pumping. You know what, what? I mean? I had, uh, yeah, because you know, uh, well, I'm talking about my heart, not down there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah, that that ain't a problem. Here's the thing. I, I had that kind of feeling in my gut again, and that hadn't been here in a while. Like, all right, shit, this is like, this is go time. This is crunched. Yeah. This is an important game. If they win, they're tied for the division lead. It's like we've been around the depths of hell for three years trying to figure out if this is illegal. That was a big, and and they lose on, look, it's a bullshit call and we know it, but you go on and the kicker misses, but Eddie's been great since. And that's also, that's, that's a great sign too, that they've got their, that's leadership. That's coaching. That's you could have lost your whole luck. You could have lost your whole team. That that game game. could have imploded everything. And then the the, fucking game was so tough. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I got, went through a breakup. On that game, it's like ah, the Cincinnati I got a heartbreak yeah. in this game. <laughs> the Cincinnati <laughs> game. Look here. Here's what I can say about that. This season reminds me a lot of 2002, Foxy's first year, where they had mm-hmm. limitations yeah, on offense. Mm-hmm. They had Lamar Smith, Rodney Pete, and, and Smitty and Moose, but they were had no one really to throw the ball to them, and they had to take the air out of the ball, keep the defense fresh. That's the strategy here. Play it mm-hmm. simple. Keep it, you know, relatively basic on offense, but also don't be afraid to commit to the run. And you have a line that can do it. And I mean, the Bengals game got away from a little bit. Every season they've had like this, they've had one of those 41-10 ass whoopings. And they come back oh, from this, that. This is what I want to say about that, John. Yeah. This is what I want to say about that and, 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 as far as the NFL perspective is concerned. We got to keep in mind, man, these these teams have other NFL athletes that's getting paid money just like us. You they sound, have good, You sound like your old coach. Are, they get paid they, they are good. Yep. Like they're, they're, they're not. You got to get all these men to play this weight for 17 weeks 
you want them to play at the, the best of their ability. That's what you want. Yeah. But it's not going to always happen well, that way. One of, one of my favorite moments from, from Brian, and, and this, is, this is where Brian has impressed me, and this is what nobody talks about. And I know other guys do this too, and I get it. But I try to watch tape on all these edge guys, like full tape and chart stuff out and kind of get a sense man, of – Boy, you know how to grind the tape, John. Well, I mean man. – I learned from you, man, and other. I've, I've man, been. You I, grind that tape. You I, hear me? I, I all, you. all the fans grind, out there. Grind if you want to learn grind, learn man. something, you follow oh, John, man. Shit. You grind the tape. Shucks, baby. Grind. That's that's just too kind. Here's the thing. I'm just being real, bro. There's you, two. You grind that tape like a like a a, a 50, 50 year old veteran <laughs> head coach, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm grind cos- that tape, I'm, man. I'm cosplay John Fox over here. Hey, here, here's you, here's bro. what I'll say Good about your, here's what I'll say about Burns. All right. Two plays that that impressed me as much as anything is any sack or any you know strip sack. Number one, when they had him at Gunner developing and, and working on the special teams back in in the indie game, a depressing day. He uh, he's in coverage and the return guy gets a bit of a lane and he chases down this returner who had about a four four forty time, mm-hmm. and he he's hustling unlike anybody else. You can see it flash on tape. There's always that one guy when the chips are down that's going 120 miles an hour. Brian mm-hmm. was that guy. I would say probably not thinking like this is how my rookie year to go on teams right, right now, but he's exactly. doing it. And the number two was the game in which Mac Jones tried to like, you know, let's just leave it at that. Mac was Mac yeah. and they've made up since and that's fine. I don't want to talk about that play. I want to talk about late in the game. It's an ass whooping at that point. It ain't the defense's fault either. Cause Sam's throwing them, you know, <coughs> some, some, some ghost balls. But uh-huh. he he ra- he ravages in through the B gap, and it's a twenty. It's like a twenty-one to ten lead, and it's over. It's a four-minute drill, and he, only, he, he he gets Damian Harris, and he almost sacks Jones with it. Those moments are like not just because they're like flash plays, but situationally, guys are kind of like easing off the gas there. They're ready to go home. That's go home. that's how you set a tone. And I and can you can you speak on the fact that. When you were a player, you saw those type of efforts from guys on your line, and it made a difference for you. It had to. Man, listen, they demanded that shit, man. They demanded There's a standard, it, There's a standard here. Pep, Ruck, Al, Chris, uh, Kimo, they, yeah. they demanded you chase that ball, or yeah. you're not going to play. Yeah. Listen, all the way I got in the, in the game, is if Pep allowed me to go in the game. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I'm just being real. He tapped if, that if head, he, he, he'd be all right. If he allowed me, if or he wanted to just see me go out there and do something, that's when I go in the game. Yeah. And yeah. when and when it's time for me to come out, he he bring me out. Yeah. So we have to understand, man, this is a different level of of and, and the only way to get to that level and get respect like that, you gotta put in the work in the years. So Brian is at year four right now. And he's been consistently putting in the work. So now when he say, hey, defense, offense, I need you, they're going to they gonna give him what he needs because they see the work he done put in. They see this man almost at 1,000 snaps and snap counts already. We still got five games to go. Yeah. And it's he crazy. don't come off the field. He does Think it. about this, John. A lot of times when you got a real awesome D-line, that's because you got an awesome rotation. We He's been a one-man wrecking show for four years. He's had to be. They with, just, with, with extra attention. With game plan against everything. He still he, he, answers the bell and give us what we need as a fan base and yep. as a team 
something to believe in moving forward and he, to he, show he, us some greatness that, at that at that position. One hundred percent. He came in in a year two where the you know and there's a lot of talk about the owner might have had something to do with this, but it was really a coaching decision too to shift to a different front, and that <clears> kind of <throat> threw a curveball in how they were going to rotate their line. It was a lot of gap control type of defense, and I think that hurt Keekley honestly, just my opinion, but. Mm-hmm. The edge position was a bit of a weird one that year because it wasn't like it had been for years under Ron and for Foxy. It was just it was a little bit different. It was more of a gap right. control type of 34, if you want to say that. But you had Irvin in there. You had some veterans uh, that were off the edge. Addison, I think, was still around at that point. Yeah, Addison was around. But, but you, he didn't have necessarily the opportunity to come right in and go into a wide nine and just scream off the edge. He had to play in, in a bit of an intricate system. And I think mm-hmm. that's benefited him. I talked to Matt Bowen from ESPN about Brian, and he wrote an article about your brother. He's mm-hmm. like he's got him at number eleven in his top twenty-five under twenty-five list right now of mm-hmm. all which players. I, right which now. I think is too low, but I agree. Uh, hey, I'm happy that he's on there. I, I think, and you know what? I think from from a total perspective, he he should probably be higher. But mm-hmm. let it let it be, man, because it you know it's not like your brother is paying attention to it. But right, if he ever right. catches you know, it, that's he, stuff for me and you to talk about. Yeah, that's but the, but if he but but, but if he catches if he catches the clumps, just knowing him the way I do, it's probably mm-hmm. a laugh, and he just moves on and he stocks it away somewhere safe for a rainy day. <laughs> right. But that's what I like about this defense. You know, we've talked a lot about Brian as we close up shop here with with Stanley McClover. And, and again, I, I could talk about Burns for five hours, but we, we got to we got to we got to give we got to give credit. Obviously, to a lot of other people. You see something great, you gotta. You do. Why you got it, man? But but is he has he talked to you about Derek Brown at all? Or and if he hasn't, what what have you noticed from their working together just one year apart in the draft? Because Derek came in as kind of a body type, like a a, like maybe I'd say Jenkins a little bit had Mm -hmm. a um, Holy Engada type of look. He wasn't Aaron Donald, but he has really turned into a guy that can two gap. He can one gap. He can play Mm -hmm. the five tech. He can do, and they're playing that boss front. He's out there on the edge, and you've got a you've got YGM at nose. It's cool to see, and he has really kind of become a guy that okay. We thought he might just kind of be a a run stuffing you know guy that you bring in. No, he's he's getting pressures, man. What's your take on ninety five? And you pair him with Burns for a few years, you get yourself a little more depth. It's pretty looking pretty damn good to me. Two two part answer right here. So um. What Brian says about him is just like he the progression is crazy. You know, where he's where he started at and where he's at right now and where he's going. It's crazy. And he's proud of him. He's seeing the work that he's putting in yeah. on and off the field. As far as me and what I see, like I'm always gonna go back to this, John, anytime we talk, it's development. Yeah. You can still a uh, Michael Parsons right now. I watch his game and I break down his tape as well. So many errors. So many errors in, in, in his pass rushing the bit moves that he does. So much technique flaws that can be worked on. But guess what? He's so good naturally that he's going to make those plays instinctively regardless. Right. As he gets better and better around year three and four, nobody's going to be able to block him. They yeah, can't block him right now. So can you imagine so him with three more years of experience? So it, that, that's how this thing goes. Uh, Derek started out. Everybody was like, oh, man, he, he, he's a bust, blah, blah, blah. But I already knew year three or four is when he's going to flourish. Anybody. And I give that to anybody. Yeah. Okay, how good you come in the league three in year three and four, you're going to be way better. Last question. Hey, last question. And we, we got to hit it here. And we're going to do this again probably next week if we got time. Maybe this week. Who knows? Um, 
this offensive line, and here, here's where I'll give you my take on it, and you can close us out with your take. It had been a minute since they'd had some, you know, left tackle competency, and I think Aquanu's coming along. Like, the pass sets are getting better. The, 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 the reps in the passing game aren't as high because they're not thrown as much. I'll be curious to see if they go 40 passes a game, but until then, don't worry about it. Here's right. the thing, though. It's the continuity. Last year was the entire opposite story. It was a revolving door because nobody could stay healthy or, or Matt would decide or somebody would decide, whether it's Matt or Joe or whoever, or probably Matt, to say, all right, we're going to shuffle it up again and we're going to do this again. I love it. I love you got five and you've set your lineup and the only change they made was Elfline to Bozeman for injuring. Bozeman's been a goddamn beast. So, like, oh, if, as a oh, D lineman, you see this and you've seen, like, the 08 line. You saw it's like an 06, 07 you know, when Hartwig was there, but they brought in Khalil, I think, in 07 or 06, and uh-huh. they had Gross at that point. There have been some good lines here, but not great lines for a long time. And this one has a chance, right. I think, because they've gone like 12 weeks now. That's a good high bar to reach with continuity. Yeah, they're good. They're here. They're you, here's they're the thing. Right. You, can't waste, you can't waste that. That's, <clears throat> that's, that's a gift. Um, right, right. Your, your take on the O-line and, and like Corbett, He's a great addition. Moton's got just give your kind of quick take on those five. I, I I love I love our line right now, man. I love the continuity. I love the aggressive nature nature that they're blocking with. This is the first time in a long time I've seen our tackles and guards driving these blocks into the whistle is fucking blow. Yes, thank you. John, yeah. If you just sit and watch on these run plays. They are finishing these guys. They, they put them in the ground. They're not, they're not playing with these guys. Yeah, they're, they're very, very physical. And I like that about the rookie, man. I, I like that about our rookie. I don't even know how to pronounce his name that good, but I he, call him. I he, call, he's yeah, he, he's he's uh, he's he's more very how about physical, we, man. He we call him Pan, Pancake King. Let's just call yeah, him Pancake, man. whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he's going like I say for everybody else in year three or four. Who's gonna get around this guy? Nobody. Well, shit. I mean, here's the thing. Like, they thought about maybe kicking him inside, and they can still do that at some point. Christensen's mm-hmm. arms were too short for the coach, and I get that. So he's been fine at guard. But if they had to move, like, this is the thing I said in the draft, and I talked to, like, Greg Cosell about this, who, by the way, loves Burnsy as well. I said, hey, here's the thing. What do you think, Greg? If they kicked Allen, or not down, but they kick uh, Aquanu inside a guard, what does that look like? And we were talking, like, Larry Allen type of traits. Yeah, it, it, it'll be it'll – be- Pro Bowl every year. Yeah, so they, they're good either way. So, to me, they, they got to continue to find some answers, like how to get back to the Greg Olson days. They don't grow on trees, but I like their tight ends in the blocking game. I love the yeah, third. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good set with John. Yeah. Uh, I like Ian. I ain't going to lie. I like Ian. Well, he does a lot like of hard work. He's more of a blocker. Yeah. I would love to have a tight end. And, and, and Tommy tries. I'm, I'm not going to take nothing from well, Tommy. He, but I no, like, but I, Tommy, Tommy's the same thing. He's a blocker. That was his deal. Yeah, he's Notre more of a, that's why I say he, he tries, but he's more of a blocker type of body-wise, type of tight end. But if we can – one day if we can get us a tight end that is really a threat in the middle of this field. Yeah, you need that. Oh, man, we I think we'll be complete. A quarter, well, I'm not going to say a quarterback because me personally, I like P.J. I like what P.J. brings to the table. Yeah. I can't say that he's our future, but I can say for now this season right here, I, I got full confidence in, in P.J. to give us the well, best he, chance. Look, he's, he's, he's shown the most at this point. I mean, Sam's right. had one good game, and I give him credit. P, P.J. went against Tampa's defense. Yeah, he's P. got P. some dogs. P.J. put it together, man. And and that P. Throw, P. The throw he made in Atlanta, the throw he made to, to Moore in Atlanta, that, that was the best throw I've seen in probably about five or six years by anybody on this team. 
talk. Even Mahomes said it. You see the tweet by Patrick Mahomes? He was like, it, you can't take it away from him. No, man, he's, he's, he's fun to watch, man. And he's going to get better and better. So I, I like I like that. I like Sam. I, I'm not, I, I always like Sam. I just felt like we had an O-line issue. Of course. Well, everybody, everybody, your face every, 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 every time you snap the ball, it's hard for anybody to excel. And that's when they brought Cam back too. That people were dogging Cam at the end. Come on, I mean, give me a break because he's he's really just trying to run that counter GT stuff and get Matt some running yards there and and run some of the RPO. But when they do just basic drops, they they were so poorly coordinated last year. And I give I give them credit for bringing Cam. I think Campin has fixed a lot of that. Um. They they know how to get the stunts and, and and games picked up a lot better this year, and they have continuity and that that's everything, man. Hey, Lucci, I gotta go, baby. Um, here's the deal. Yes, sir. Why don't we try to rebound here and do one of these in about a week or so, and, and kind of lead up to what we're looking at with Seattle. And I know you got a lot going on, but I'm at, with it, man. At, I'm at with some it. point, it's my week. At, watching everybody else play this week and hoping that the whole NFC South lose. Yes. And You're a sicko get, like me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk draft until March, folks. That's how we roll. Yes, sir. All right. For Stanley McClover, I'm John Ellis. We followed, uh, we're going to do a follow-up with uh, Mr. Stanley here very, very soon, probably next week. And uh, we'll be tracking Brian's uh, progress as well as the entire team. Go Panthers. This has been uh, Blue Wire's The Roar Podcast. See you next time. Yeah, baby. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.